0: Find Acts chapter 26, we're going to start by reading this today, and uh, we're going to read through the entire chapter, and because we're doing an entire chapter, that gives me the freedom to let someone else read it for me, so you're going to follow along, I'm going to have someone on the computer read it, and then when it's finished, we'll discuss it, so it's, it's, it's a long chapter, so stick with it, but... Here is Acts chapter 26. So that's our text today. Um, If we were doing a response, I would ask you, what did you hear there? And and since I'm not actually asking that, I'm going to tell you what I hope you heard there. I hope you heard Paul's testimony. I hope you heard Paul's testimony more than you heard his defense. His defense against the charges of the Jews was that he was doing exactly what God asked him to do, but woven through the defense was his testimony. And we get towards the end there, you heard King Agrippa say, what do you think you're going to convince me to become a Christian in in one sitting?" And Paul's answer was, you and everyone else. That's what I'm hoping for. So Paul was, was very much sharing his beliefs, very much witnessing to Agrippa and Bernice and Felix and everyone else who was there, very much doing this, under the guise of a defense. So he was giving a defense. He was saying they've accused me of of going against my people and, and our religion. Well, in, in fact, I'm actually not going against our religion. I'm I'm seeing the fulfillment of our faith and and I'm not against our people, I'm for our people, but he's sharing the gospel through here. So so I hope that's what you heard. That's the premise of of our entire message this morning. So so look at your notes. First thing, right out of the books, it says Paul shared his testimony again. So this is uh, the third time Paul's testimony has to be shared in Acts, and it's at least uh, one of four times recorded in Scripture. In Acts nine twenty-seven, Barnabas shared Paul's testimony. If you remember back, this is when Saul shows up into town. Everyone's afraid of him. He wants to meet with the apostles. They're afraid of him. Nobody wants to see him. Barnabas apparently sits down with him. Here's what's going on. Barnabas brings Paul to the apostles. Barnabas says, hey, this is what's happening. Saul, at that point, is one of us. And that's the beginning of Paul's acceptance into the Christian circle. So we have that testimony. We don't have a lot of details about that testimony. We don't know a lot about what was said, except that Barnabas shared on Paul's behalf. Then in Acts 22, just a little ways back from where we are today, Paul shared his testimony with the crowd in Jerusalem. Much similar to today's testimony, not quite as many details, but he shared it with the crowd. Remember, this crowd was a bunch of people that were trying to kill him. So he asked to speak to the crowd. The, the crowd was silenced. He spoke to the crowd. He shared a very similar testimony, talking about his own salvation and his own Life changes in what he has to offer others in relation to Christ. Then uh, Acts 26, your notes, that's today. Paul shares his testimony before King Agrippa, and of course there's other people there as well. And then in Galatians, we're not, we're not going to read this or, or even talk about it, but Paul shares his testimony once again with the church in Galatia. Okay, with the church in Galatia. So what I want you to notice in, in, in this part of the notes is we have the Apostles, the crowd, Agrippa, and the church. Four testimonies, four different times, to four different groups, or four different audiences, and really for four different purposes. So he's sharing with the apostles to show that he's one of them. He's sharing with the crowd, trying to, to turn them from their anger and, and bring them to Christ. He's sharing with Agrippa in, in defense, and during a trial, but also to to bring some folks to repentance, whoever was listening. And then in Galatia, he's sharing with the church, and, and encouraging them. And So I want you to see that Paul's testimony was not the same every time he shared it. Elements were the same. The storyline was the same. Sometimes he shared more, sometimes he shared less. But his, his testimony was shared several times. Now, with that in mind, I want to read Revelation 12. It's in your notes. Uh, The second half of verse 10 and then verse 11. It says, For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their life so much as to shrink from death. So the accuser is Satan. He was cast out of heaven down to earth. He's the accuser. Who does he accuse? He accused brothers and sisters, believers. Okay, so Satan is accusing the believers. Then it says they triumphed. Who are they? Well, the brothers and sisters, the believers. The believers who are being accused by Satan triumphed over him, over Satan, by the blood of the Lamb, in other words, the power of Christ, and the word of their testimony. That's the interesting thing I want to talk about. They did not love their life so much as to shrink from death. That phrase just lets us know what kind of victory we're talking about here, because in, in Revelation, continuing in your notes, this is during the tribulation period, and things are bad. The, the whole context of, of the tribulation period is that, is that things are not good from a human perspective. Judgment is coming, judgment is falling, the rapture has taken place, the, the, the Christian um, influence has mainly been removed... There will be people being saved. They will also have the Holy Spirit in them. So there will be an effect growing. But but these folks are living in the tribulation. All right? Uh, and they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So these, these folks have had to win over Satan's attacks. All right? How did they triumph? The blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. So triumph here does not mean to live or even win An earthly victory or an earthly battle. We know this because most of these people end up dying. Most of these people are martyred. So if it's not an earthly battle and it's not to live, then number three, triumph means to win a spiritual victory. Okay? It means to win a spiritual victory. So the word of their testimony was a a weapon of spiritual matters. It was a spiritual weapon. It was something they could use against Satan. How would you use your testimony against Satan? Well, when Satan accuses you and he says, you know what, you're probably not even saved. Oh, here's my salvation testimony. I know I'm saved because I have this testimony. Satan comes along and he says, you know what, this whole salvation thing, it's not making any difference in your life. Oh, really? Here's my sanctification testimony. Here's how I've grown since I've, since I've believed. Oh, you know what? That's great. You, you're saved and you're growing, but you know what? There's no future. Oh, hold it. I have a, a testimony of promise that I've received. And, and so I can fight Satan's lies with my testimony. It's, it's a powerful thing that I have. And my salvation testimony is all mine. Okay? And, and the other testimonies are, are evidence of God. So our testimony is, is a weapon against evil. E in your notes, our testimony belongs to us. It cannot be dismissed. And when I was uh, going over my notes this morning, I thought maybe dismissed isn't the right word. Uh, this is what I, I think I should have said. It, it cannot be taken from you. Your testimony cannot be taken from you. Satan can't take your experience away. He can't take what you've learned away. He can't take what God's done for you away. So your testimony belongs to you. It can't be taken away. It can only be accepted or denied. I can, a person can either believe you or not believe you. They can either respond or not respond. But it is a powerful witnessing tool in the hands of God. It's a powerful witnessing tool. When you meet someone who's, who's going through something similar to what you went through, you can share your testimony. When you want to explain to them how they can be saved, you can share how you were saved. Would you want to express to them what a the Christian life is like? You can describe your Christian life. A testimony is a powerful witness tool. Paul used his testimony on many occasions, four of which are recorded in Scripture. Our testimony should be used as well. So number two, Paul shared more of his testimony this time than he did before. So we're back in Acts 26. If you, if you really paid attention and if you compared other testimonies, this is the most complete testimony. He shared more in chapter 26 than he shared in chapter 22. And and maybe there's some, some reasons why. But some of those things, if we read verse 9 to 11 again, there's more detail in here about who he was before he was saved. I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. That's pretty much what he said before. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem on the authority of the chief priest, I put many of the Lord's people in prison. That, that's a, a greater understanding than before. And, and when they were put to death, there's more information, I cast my vote against them. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished. That's not new information. I tried to force them to blaspheme. That's new information. Now we're getting an idea of, of his methods, how bad he actually was. He tried to trick them into blaspheming so that he could arrest them and have them executed. I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign cities. Now one thing Paul's doing here by sharing all this, he's sharing that his past is not that unlike many of their present. He's saying, "I, you know, who I was is pretty much who you are, so maybe you can relate to me, maybe you can hear some of this. In uh, 14 to 18... We have another set of new information. We have more information about his encounter. Okay? Uh, Extra information. It says, it's hard for you to kick against the goads. Which we've talked about that before. That means it's hard for you to resist me. You say, Paul, isn't it hard for you to resist me? Aren't you experiencing a difficult time? He says, who are you, Lord? He says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant. This is... Expanded information now. Appoint you as a servant and a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. A a more expansion. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Not new information there, but but said differently and, and a little bit expanded. So that they may receive forgiveness of their sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. I didn't include it in your notes, but if you read 12 and 14, there's actually a little bit more information about his encounter, too. He was on the road to Damascus, not new information. He uh, so had the commission of the high priest, the chief priest, not new information. About new, not new. Uh, he says in middle of 13, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. So now we have... What the others were experiencing as well. It says, we all fell to the ground. That's new information. They all fell to the ground. And I heard a voice saying to me, in Aramaic, another added detail, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And we got into that's new information. So, so a lot of new information is shared here. We have that A and B in your notes. Uh, more information is shared. So we have a, a greater testimony And so see, uh, what I want to say here is that every testimony, situation, calls for wisdom and understanding regarding what to share, when to share, and how much detail to share. Don't think that Paul was unaware of his testimony or didn't remember these details the first time he shared. The situation called for a certain amount of information to be shared, and he shared it. Here... We have a unique situation. This is Dean, your notes. This time, Paul has one shot with Agrippa. Agrippa is a visiting official. He's there for a little while. He's going to head back. This is kind of set up as, as a way for, for uh, the other person to get some information, but it's more set up as entertainment. Everyone wants to hear Paul speak. Everyone wants to hear this new thing that's going on. That's why the townspeople are there. That's why the other officials are there. That's why Bernice is there. They want to hear this. So he has one shot with Agrippa and this particular audience. So we shared it all. So we get the most information. And this isn't even all that was shared. I'm I'm sure of it. This is a summary of what's shared. Also, it's been a really long time since Paul was acting as a Pharisee. It's been a really long time since he had those papers and he was traveling from synagogue to synagogue and he was arresting people and torturing them and causing them to blaspheme and having them executed. It's been a really long time. So now there are large groups of people who don't remember Saul. They only know about Paul. And so he's got to go back and he's got to fill in more details because earlier everyone knew who he was. They knew him by name. They knew him by sight. Now they didn't so much. They just knew him as this guy that was arrested. that They didn't like because he was teaching things they didn't care for. So he reminded them of all this. Sometimes your testimony will include more details. Sometimes it will include less. Sometimes it will be long. Sometimes it will be short. We'll talk a little bit more about that later, but I want you to notice that. On the other side of your notes, number three, I want you to notice that both Festus and Agrippa refused to believe. The two main people hearing this testimony, okay, the, the, the people who probably got uh, eye-to-eye contact with Paul, who he probably uh, mentioned their names several times. We know he mentioned Agrippa's name at least twice. In verse 24 of chapter 26, Festus interrupting, he says, you're out of my mind. And then he says, you've, you've been thinking so much and you, you're so smart, you're foolish. You're so smart, you're stupid. He says, this, you know, you're you nuts, you're crazy. Okay, you, you, You've gone too far here. And then he has to respond to that. And then in four verses later, Agrippa said to Paul, do you think in such a short time you can persuade me to become a Christian? What he's, what he's basically communicating is back off, Paul. I'm, you're not going to convert me. Like this is this is good, but you're not going to convert me. He says, do you think in such a short time you're going to convert me? Of course, Paul's answer was, well, I'm certainly going to try, right? So both Festus and Agrippa refused to believe. Therefore, see, not everyone will respond with faith-filled conversion. Not everyone is going to respond to your testimony. Not everyone responded to Paul's testimony. Not everyone will respond to yours. Truth is, not very many will respond with a faith-filled conversion. Not very many. I mean, if we just want to be honest with each other, not very many people are going to hear a testimony and immediately give their life to Christ. It may be a step along the way. It may be part of God's plan. It may be used by God. But even by that measure, Not very many are going to respond the way we hope they will. So I want to add some perspective here. If if you know a thousand people, and of that thousand people, only five or ten are are predisposed or in a position to respond to your testimony. There's only five or ten out of a thousand people that are going to listen and identify with and, and hear Christ in your testimony. If there's only five or ten, do we say, well... Only five or ten out of a thousand, that's us hardly anybody, so I'm not gonna bother sharing my testimony. Is that is that how we should respond? Or should we respond with, oh, there's five or ten out there? Then I better share it with a thousand people so I can find them. Different response. Our testimony is to be shared. It is a spiritual weapon. It's something that God can use to battle Satan, it's something that we can use to battle Satan, so even though it's not very many will respond, we still need to share. Uh, here's a reason, a secondary reason why that's true. D. But a lot of people, or a lot more than just Festus and Agrippa, were listening. Okay, in verse 23, we know that Bernice was there. Th- there was a bunch of military officers there, and all the prim- prominent men of the city were there. They were all there for the show, right? Hey, we're going to pray Paul out. We're going to we're going to let him speak. This is always good, you want to be there. They were all there for the show, and then they heard about Jesus, right? In verse 29, Paul says, yeah, I am hoping that that you receive Christ, and everyone else is listening. So he acknowledges that other people are listening as well. So even though you may be sharing with one friend, a second friend might be listening. Someone might be listening from another table. Someone might be overhearing, might be listening from the side... Someone may hear your testimony shared by the person you shared with. You never know what God's going to do. Our testimony should be shared. And then E, the purpose of Paul's testimony was the salvation of those who heard it. When when Paul was sharing his testimony with the church, it was the continuing work of the salvation. When Paul was sharing his testimony on, on our occasion today, it was for the salvation of those listening. The same with the crowd and when he, it was shared with the apostles, it was to, to show that he had been saved. It all has something to do with salvation, with the salvation of those who heard it and his own. And, and so not, that's kind of what I want you to gather from here. And I want to take you to application. And, and here's the challenge. Okay, A in your notes. Each of us should know, okay, K-N-O-W, each of us should know and be able to communicate our testimony. We should all know our testimony, and we should be able to communicate it. That means you have to think it through. How was I saved? Who played a part? What truths impacted me? Where was I? Who was I with? What was the occasion? What was my life like? What were the messages that God gave me? Where did I hear them? What were the circumstances that brought me to a point in time... Where I would listen to and follow Christ? Was it a long pattern? Was it a one-time, one-day specific decision? What 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 are the, the ins and outs? What are the details? What did I believe? Uh, did, I, did I recognize myself as a sinner for the first time, or had I always known that? Did I recognize that Jesus was God? Or had I already believed that? Did I finally realize that I was on my way to hell? Or, or did I know that already too? What was the thing that made the difference? Was it that Jesus died for me personally? Was it that I could be adopted into the kingdom of God? Was it that my, my own future hung in the balance, heaven or hell, based on my decision? Was it that I realized what God had done for me, what Jesus had done for me? My only response was to accept and believe. What, what are the details? What did I believe? How did I approach God? Did I get on my knees and pray? Did I, did I acknowledge God and, and, and immediately change my lifestyle and my thoughts? Did I go through a process where God interacted with me? Did he, did he bring a crisis into my life? What were the circumstances? Each one of us needs to know and be able to communicate our testimony. I, I should, at, at, at a moment's notice, being called on just like that, I should be able to share my salvation story. I should also be able to share the testimony of my life after Christ. This is how my life changed. This is how my thinking changed. In five years, I noticed this to start to be true. In ten years, I noticed these things were true. If you knew me then and you know me now, you can compare me side by side and I'm two different people. My life has changed. My attitudes have changed. My motives have changed. How is my life different? How do I love better? How do I serve better? How do I know God better? What has God done in my life? What promises have made a difference? Each of us needs to know and be able to communicate our testimony. Here's the next word. Whenever, whenever God presents an occasion to tell it. Whenever. Somebody says, hey, you're a religious person. We're, uh, we're discussing religion. Why are you a Christian? Great opportunity to share your testimony. Somebody says, hey, um... Your life seems to be in order. Your life seems to be going well. You handle difficult times well. What's your secret? Oh, it's Jesus. Let me, share, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about my life with Jesus. Somebody may say, hey, uh, we have a few extra minutes tonight. Uh, maybe someone can share their testimony. And the Holy Spirit goes, you! <laughs> That's an opportunity, Right? Whenever God presents an occasion to tell it. We're going to build on this a little bit. But if we don't share our testimony, we are holding back God's work. Not that he's not going to get his work done anyway. But how much better would it be to be part of his work than for him to have to work around you? Each of us needs to know and be able to communicate our testimony whenever God presents an occasion. B. When presented an occasion, we must trust God. Okay, we must trust God that ours is the testimony He wants shared at that moment in time. I can already hear a lot of you thinking in your head, uh, "Well, my testimony isn't that great. You know, my testimony is not that exciting. I was saved as a small child. I didn't have a life of sin to repent from. I didn't kill anybody. I didn't persecute anybody." I wasn't a thief or a drug addict. or I mean, I don't have a lot of stuff. The before I was saved part of the story is quite short. I was quite short. Okay? So, you know, that part's not very exciting. And there's been occasion where after hearing someone else's testimony, particularly in the college years, at Christian college, hearing other people's testimonies of what God did in their life, you know, I might be tempted to say, well, mine's not very exciting, so I shouldn't share it. Well, my testimony is my testimony. My testimony is what God did with me, how he brought me to where I am today. And my testimony is excellent. It needs to be shared when God calls me to share it. I cannot think that God's going to call me to share my testimony and it be not valid or not worthy. I don't know who's sitting in the room, I don't know who's listening. I don't know what question will be asked or what will be heard or understood. I don't know what truth will be clung to. As I share my testimony, I've got to trust God that he has a purpose for it. And, and as I share, he will use it. If God's prompting me, if it's, if it's God presenting an occasion, then I need to, to step back and say, okay, God, this is, this is you telling me to share. So I'm going to trust you that you have a purpose in me sharing And therefore, I'm going to share. I'm not going to to hold anything back. C, we only share our testimony as a means to illustrate the salvation available to others. All those things we talked about all revolved around salvation, my salvation. Who I was before Christ, how I met Christ, the circumstances, the decisions, and then what I've become with Christ. That's, That's all revolving around salvation. We never... We never share it for personal gain, for entertainment, or politics. We may share it in a political arena. We may share it in an entertaining setting. We may share it at a time where I do gain, but that's not my purpose. That's not my goal. My goal is to take advantage of those situations and opportunities to share Christ, to share my testimony, so that someone who's listening may think about Jesus, maybe even come to a point of salvation because of what I've shared. So that's my motivation. D, we may or may not know who God intends to call through our testimony. God God is always calling people. We don't know who he plans on calling. We don't even know what part of our testimony is going to ring true in someone else's life. We don't know which part God is going to use. So again, we leave it in god's hands, therefore, e our job is obedience, okay Our job is obedience god's job is in the effect the effect and the outcome. Our job is obedience we're to share our testimony, we're to share the gospel, we're to live as saved people. it's god's job to highlight what needs highlighted, to open the eyes, the ears, and the heart of those listening. And to call them to repentance and salvation. We are simply to do what he asks so that he has the opportunity to do what he wants. Our job is obedience. And then F, this needs to be said. There is a version of our testimony that can be shared in almost any situation. There is a version. Paul had different versions of his testimony. We have different versions of our testimony. So number one, uh, in that blank, write children's version. Children's virtues. And I'm going to try to give an example of, of each of these categories uh, with a, uh, my testimony, the, the not, no uh, dramatic life circumstances kind of testimony, and the other side of the coin, the very dramatic life testimony to show you that, that any testimony can be given in these settings. So any person can stand before the children at Awana's or the children at Vacation Bible School, or the children in a Sunday school class and share their testimony. So from one perspective, we say, well, you know, boys and girls, um, when I was young, about your age, I accepted Christ into my life. I hadn't done a lot of bad things, but you know what I had done? I had sinned. And, and what did that sin look like? Well, the same kind of sin that everyone else has done at this age. I, I lied. I, I took things that didn't belong to me. I didn't obey my mom and dad. I didn't listen. I did things that I knew were wrong, and those are called sin. And the Bible talks about sin separating us from God. So I needed to be forgiven. And, and when I found out I could be forgiven, then I responded. Okay, that's, that's uh, one side. The other side of the coin, the person with a very dramatic testimony, is well, you know, boys and girls, when I was your age, I was sinning a lot more than boys and girls around me. Now, I did a lot of things I'm not proud of, and I'm not even going to mention them to you because I don't don't need you thinking about those things. I just need you to know that if if there was a kid in class that the teachers talked about because they were so hard to deal with, that was me. My parents had a hard time with me. My neighborhood had a hard time with me. I, I was not a good kid. I was very different than many of you. Maybe I was like some of you. Well, as I grew up, I just kept sinning more and more, and it got worse and worse, and I got to the point where God had to get my attention. You know what I found out? I found out that I could be forgiven, and when I heard I could be forgiven, I knew that 's what I wanted, and I gave my life to christ that's a that 's a testimony for children didn 't share any details i didn't i didn 't go into anything that was beyond their their ability to understand i didn 't uh, pique their curiosity into things they don 't need to be thinking about so children 's version number two. There's an adult generic version, an adult generic version. It's going to be very much the same, except you're talking to different people, and you you might say, you know what? Some of you in the room here today have have never done anything that's all that bad. You've lived a good life. You've been respectable. Your parents are proud of you. You're good community members. You're good neighbors. Maybe you've even been attending church most of your life, but like I was, I found myself needing a Savior. Now, I was only five years old. I I realized I was a sinner. I found out I could be forgiven of my sins, and I gave my life to Him. And I've been living the Christian life for all these years. But I know others who, as adults, realize the same thing. And you might be in that situation. Where at this very moment in time, you might be realizing that you've never actually been forgiven of your sins. And and today is the day you can be forgiven, because whether you're 5, 15, or 80... Your sins need to be forgiven, and you too can be saved. That's a that's one side. Another side. Well, folks, you can look at me. You can see my scars. You can you can you can hear it in my voice. I've had a hard life. I did all the things you're not supposed to do. Uh, you know, at some point, I was punished. I wound up in jail. At another point, I was all by myself. I was I was this, that, or the other. At some point, and 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 I found a message in a book or or someone talked to me and I discovered that, that Jesus actually died for me. And he wasn't concerned about how much I sinned in the past. He was concerned about forgiving my sin in the present. And when I realized I could be forgiven, I gave my life to him. There's the adult generic version. Not a lot of details again. Number three, direct and detailed version for similar life situation. Similar life situation. So if I had been a prisoner. I think of Chuck Colson every time I, I think about this. Chuck Colson went to prison. He was part of Watergate. If, you know, I think we're all old enough to remember that or heard of it. He went to prison and, and he had actually gotten saved right before he went to prison. He actually got saved right before he was convicted. And he went to prison. And he spent many years in prison and he, and he, and he was discipled and various things. When he got out he started a prison ministry he said I know what it's like to be in prison I'm going to go back to these prisoners and he started a prison ministry and today it's still one of the largest in the world you might be someone who battled drugs and alcohol in your past and and you can go to others who are battling that and and you can share details with them I know what it's like when I have also experienced this you may be asking this question I asked this question you may be wondering this truth I wondered this truth so I'm going to take my specific life situation and I'm going to take it to people in similar life circumstances and I'm going to share details that they identify with because it is appropriate. I'm not sharing anything outside of school because they are experiencing it. And and so, you know, I'm probably not going to, unless God calls me to, like we talked about, my particular testimony isn't, isn't going to be, no one's going to call me and say, hey, we're having a, you know, our drug and alcohol meeting, and would you come share your testimony? I'm probably not going to be the one that's asked. But if I am, I can go saying, okay, God has, this is for somebody. All right? So I can, but my details are not going to be their details. That's what I'm saying. So sometimes you will share those details. And then number four, there's a version of your testimony that focuses on your life after Christ. Sometimes the part of your testimony needs to be what's happened after Christ. Sometimes your before Christ story needs to be really short, even if it's really big. Even if you spent 40 years in open rebellion against God and mankind itself, 40 years uh, doing everything you could think of to, to thwart God, if you knew God wanted it, you were the opposite. Even if that's your story, sometimes the appropriate testimony is, I was saved from my sin I was forgiven, I became a child of the King, and here's what God did for me. This is now my life. Sometimes that is the appropriate part of the testimony. So what I want you to take home, I want to go back to A. Each of us should know and be able to communicate our testimony whenever God asks. There is a time and a place for all parts of our testimony. I need to know what to share, when to share, how to share it, and with whom to share it. My testimony can be shared in any group appropriately, and I need to make sure I do. And then my testimony, as shared, I should understand that is a that is a weapon against Satan to be used by me and to be used by God. So in hearing Paul's testimony, you know, most of this we'd heard before, as a matter of fact, When we looked at his first testimony, I jumped ahead and we read this passage and we talked about the the elements of his testimony here. So we don't really need to talk about that a lot. There's some interesting parts to it, interesting parts of the story, interesting that that there doesn't seem to be any response this time. But we still have the principle of, of, of a powerful testimony being shared for anyone who would listen and it revolves around salvation. Don't neglect... And and don't look down on your testimony. Don't ever think your testimony isn't a valid expression of what God can do. Every person who was snatched from hell and placed in heaven has a dramatic story to tell. They come in different storylines. They come with different circumstances. They come with different emotions. We should all be telling our story anytime God brings it up. And I'm going to pray... For those opportunities, let's pray, Father, thank you uh, that we can look at Paul once again, we can look at what he's doing, look at how he did it, and then we can make that application to ourselves. He was sharing his testimony because he had opportunity, he could have just defended himself, but he wove the gospel in there and and he even he even talked as if he was hoping for a response, and they noticed that. Father, I pray that we would have opportunity to share our testimony soon with a coworker, with a neighbor, with a family member, with someone who's been watching us, someone who has questions, someone who we're discipling, someone who we're mentoring. I pray that we'll be able to share our testimony. When it's time, give us boldness and give us wisdom. Help us to share the, the, the flavor of the testimony and the part of the testimony that you're asking for that's applicable in the situation. Let us give you honor and glory. And may we always realize that the the focal point of our testimony is salvation. Again, help us to hear and discover and to know when you're asking us to share and give us the boldness to do it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.